Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episodes of a filmic series. Disclaimer, petard is a word, a real word, and it's absolutely non-offensive. Look it up. Petards are bombs. Shakespeare what? If you prick us, do we not talk about television pilots? Yes. This is your co-host, Drew, the pragmatic cyclops of this podcast. And I'm Jimbo, the non-conforming existentialist co-hoister and Kenny of the podcast. Unfortunate listeners, motherfucking Miss Mo, master of the pilots, is out again this week. She will be with us in two weeks. So next week she will also be out, but she will be returning in two weeks. Well, listeners, we would like you to thank Fitzgerald Engineering for this ad-free listening If you would like to sponsor one of our episodes so all of our listeners can have some ad-free listening, you can send us an email, contact us on our website or Twitter or wherever you can find us, and you can sponsor one of our shows. If you would also like to sponsor one of our shows so that you can pick that pilot that we overanalyze, that can also be arranged. Contact us to sponsor a show. This week, we have special guests joining us, Lulu. Lulu is one of our Peace Corps buddies, and we gave him a Hoistler choice. And Lulu, what are we watching this week? We will be watching A Blast from the Past, um, the uh, 90s show uh, Ally McBeal. All right, so join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the surreal lawyer comedy Ally McBeal is going to be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. And uh, Jimbo, you want to hit us with that two-sentence summary? Lulu, can you explain to us why you chose this this pilot? It all started about somewhere in the middle of the Everglades, uh, probably after about the fourth episode of Pilots and Petards that I had binged listened to. Nice. Um, as I'm driving this uh, this truck from Miami to Tampa, and then I just got into this creative zone where I was just thinking, what shows could they do? What shows could they do? And I just like started to flash back to all the shows that I watched. And just Ally McBeal just like ah, like came out of nowhere, and I sent it to uh, I sent it to Drew uh, in a text. And so when you and I were talking, obviously I'd forgotten that inspirational moment. And then on the flight here, once again, thirty eight thousand feet in the air, ah, I was like, I know what we're gonna watch. So here we are. I hope you enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, spoiler. There you go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was going to add this because cause I kind of remembered Ally McBill being on Fox. And like you guys can jump in as well, but I kind of remember also from childhood, Fox was like the cool station. You know, it had 90210, and it had Martin, and it had In Living Color, and it had The Simpsons. It had trendy shows. Married with Children. Yeah. It, it, it had like the cool show that not just Drew's parents didn't want you to watch. <laughs> I don't know why I never watched Allie McBill growing up. And you know what? I, I kind of remembered why today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I kind of caught it. Uh, I don't know which season. I just kind of stumbled into it. So to be honest, I never saw the first episode. So this also had a mix of nostalgia to kind of see, like, you know, if what I remembered and what I got suckered into was, was worthwhile from the start, you know. So I was, I was pretty pumped to, to see the very first episode. 
Yeah, and also hoisters. If you know, if this isn't too much info, I think we were all born in either 1983 or 1984. Yeah. Yep. So we would have been like teenagers when this show came out. Which I feel like was the target demographic based on a lot of the show. Did you? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Being 30 and watching this show versus being 12 and watching this show is a thread that I am very uh, eager to dangle. Now, did you watch the show as a kid, Drew? I did not watch the show as a kid, but I was very much aware of it. Like, I knew what it was about. I knew that it was a thing. It was popular. You know, people talked about it. Entertainment Weekly came to my house every week, so I was a little bit more informed about the biz than your average 12-year-old. All right, and Hoisters, we are also switching up the show one more time. We are dropping our high and low points. Shout out to Alyssa Low Points. She will she will be missed, and she might be back next week. Who knows? So let's just, let's just see how this goes. So we're just going to talk about the show for a few minutes, and we will address our high and low points, and then we are keeping our crab man in our MVP. But first, listeners, Drew's going to hit us with a two-sentence summary. Allie is a successful Boston attorney who is sexually harassed and fired from her law firm and on a whim joins her old law school buddy's new money-making slash make-it-rain firm. Unfortunately, the love of her life, who is now married, works at that firm too. Tune in to find out if you should care. As our special guest, Lulu, all the way from the Evergreens, so I would say the first thing that kind of popped at me was the fact that, um, I mean, Ali just really seemed like a very tense person. Like there was just like a lot of energy in the beginning and it just kind of, it just kind of went like boom, 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 boom. And I just felt myself kind of getting suckered into the flow of the show. Like I, I was telling, uh, I was telling Drew that I felt like the show was very fast paced. It was trying to get through a lot. So there, there was that aspect to it. Would you qualify that as a high or a lowish type of uh, point? Well, I guess it's kind of a low point because at the end, I felt like there were a lot of things that weren't that weren't addressed in the pilot, but um, in the first episode. But I guess you know it kind of makes sense. You you try to do so much in in forty five minutes. So I have something I definitely want to bring up. But Drew, what was your impression of Ali? She's not a super likable character, even though she's cast as the protagonist. It kind of seems like the, the way that she views a lot of other people is kind of shitty. But Lulu and I discussed that that really paints her as an insecure character. Although I know there's moments of sympathy. I just didn't necessarily find her likable. Um, but if that's what we're supposed to feel or if we're supposed to sense that, then I mean, it, the show did that. What do you think, Jimbo? I didn't like her. I thought she was really annoying. She wasn't a strong character. But not all protagonists have to be strong characters. So I, So I was actually unsure how i was supposed to feel about her and i think in general it's just it's probably not a good idea to have your protagonist be really unlike just as far as like you want people to keep watching so i kind of feel like that wasn't their strategy but it wasn't necessarily a low point for me but i definitely didn't like it i would say that it's a little bit of a double standard because there's a lot more male um kind of unlikable protagonists like house for example is like very unlikable and even insecure in his own way but a lot of people gravitate towards that uh, until like lulu said she does these things because it's supposed to paint her as insecure like a lot of things clicked for me when i framed her that way because otherwise i was trying to think of her as a sympathetic protagonist and i was like i like all the other characters more but what if you frame it the way that like lulu did i mean i kind of did i I wrote in my notes that she's a hopeless character. And so, I mean, like, I guess that's a, the mean way to say that she's insecure. 
<laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to disagree here because I, while she has her issues and her flaws, I thought she was a likable character because um, uh, to me she was kind of very real. I thought the point of her anxiety was kind of to paint someone. You, you, you might go into a show thinking that she has to be um, this particular type of woman, right? Especially as, as a female lawyer, you know, con when you contrast it to like male lawyers, right? Where it's just like you have to exude confidence. You have to just like know the courtroom, this and that. And I think, you know, they're just presenting a re very real person, especially with those inner thoughts that you kind of get to see um, and that are comically represented with those funny animations, which that to me was like the kind of a low point, but it's more like a silly point because sometimes it was just really like dorky. But um, to me, the fact that, you know, she is that insecure, the fact that they're being very honest about it and like and a lot of issues related specifically to women. Like I thought that that was something that as a man, I'm not going to connect with that, but I am going to connect with the fact that, you know, they're presenting someone who's insecure. And I mean, I thought that that to me was like just something very real and I could relate to like just, you know, the insecurities. And, and in spite of that, she still she still got it done. Like she still got shit done on the show, you know. Um, it wasn't all win. It wasn't all loss. It was a mix. And that's kind of how life goes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Besides the sexual harassment, what was a, what was another women's issue in the show? Uh, I think the way that she deals with like her assistant, because, you know, there is a lot of like enforced, like female versus female, like rivalry. That's like kind of stereotypical. But I think that the way that they framed it, like, from Ali's insecurity because the thing is if you really took away the animations in her inner monologue like that was a really good assistant with maybe some weird quirks and maybe she was an over explainer but she was like hyper competent and helpful you know but like the way that she was framed through Ali's insecurity kind of made it like another trope or another archetype of like women being in competition with each other and speaking of women in competition with each other that dynamic between Ali and um Georgia and Georgia that was that to me was a little weird. I still don't know how I feel about that, whether that was... Yeah, I'm with you there as well. Whether that was good or bad, just because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, he kind of gets... A, well, I mean, it ha things happen later on in the episode, but in the beginning, it's kind of like he's getting a free pass while uh, the women are supposed to sort of figure out the drama that he's directly involved in. And hopefully this isn't a dangling thread, but that's a really odd love triangle that I feel... Let's not go into the representation of the creators and the producers of the show, but it does seem like, you know what, sex decided to go with that love triangle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed like all of the drama was based around the women. And then, you know, Lulu and I discussed, like, how often did it seem like uh, the male lead, what, what's that guy's name? They commented on his hair being nice. His hair was not nice. His hair sucked. Yeah, his hair super sucked. It it was odd that they commented on it so many times because they should have just ignored it. Was that Bill? Yeah, Billy was just kind of free to like do whatever he wanted. Like to me, Georgia was the most sympathetic because she was kind of straightforward and honest about everything. But she was not like the show did not paint her as sympathetic, which I thought was odd. So like I saw her as a th as a sympathetic character for sure. No, I did too. But like the thing is, they didn't frame her as a sympathetic character, in my opinion. Then why do both of us feel that she's sympathetic if she wasn't framed that way? Mm, I think because we're watching this at a different stage in our life um, and we're watching it critically, like with a certain eye to judge the pilot. I mean, you're right. Like maybe we do feel she's sympathetic because the show portrayed her sympathetic. But I thought she was more sympathetic than Allie, which, you know, is a little bit of 
a flip on the trope because I didn't necessarily view Allie as an anti-hero or someone who like doesn't deserve our sympathy. Um, I thought that the show did go to lengths to make her a sympathetic character, whereas the show didn't go to as many lengths to make Georgia a sympathetic character. She just ended up being more sympathetic. I do want to keep an eye on the time, though, because I have a high point, which is not an MVP. And I loved how they portrayed lawyers. Um, I think a lot of television shows and movies portray lawyers in like a super sympathetic, like altruistic light. And then that one guy was just like, I want to make piles of money. Like, I bet you there's a lot of lawyers out there like that. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah, but there's not a lot of lawyer shows that, like, show that shit. No, I agree. That's that's actually, um, that's that's leading into my MVP. I'll, I'll slow it down then. No, but that's okay. I think I hate portraying everyone in, like, altruistic, superhero-ish, like, Superman, Clark Kent portrayals. That's just boring and lame to me. This show definitely did do that. That's why I loved One Punch Man. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't bring up Dexter. Uh, what did you think about the portrayal, Lulu? Also, why I love Dexter. <laughs> I thought I thought it was I thought what I appreciated about it was that it was more realistic. It kind of made things more. Eh, I lost it, but I mean, I agree with what you said, Drew, about the fact that it's like I mean that guy was just so funny. But I think it was just because he was so he was so ridiculous about it. But I mean, hey, let's face it. Like some people are just going to do a job because that's what they want to do, and they wanted to make money. I was going to say there's something I come back to, which is jokes are funny because they all contain a kernel of truth. So I think it's funny and I think we identify with it because, yeah, it's funny. It's a joke. It's exaggerated, but it wouldn't be funny if there weren't kernels of truth. So I have I have two low points that I would like to bring up. So I'll bring up both of them and then and then you guys can decide whether, you know, what if we talk about them. The creepiness of the opening scenes with the slow kiss for the kids Dude, really rubbed me the wrong way. And then the other thing I noticed that the uh, beginning music had some really greasy, like, Skinamax movie music. And then they finally went away from that. But maybe it was the first 15 or 20 minutes. There must have been at least two songs that were just like, it wasn't like Baum Chicka Bow Wow, but it was just like, like it was about to go into like a soft porno scene on like a late night Skinamax. And if I knew how to make those sounds, you know, I would. <laughs> Any comments on either of Get those? Get in there, Lulu. Get in there. No, no, I'm, I'm trying. I'm thinking. That part was extremely sappy, and I think they could have cut out a lot of that. Maybe like all the slow, like shots. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so bad. Or is it just me? Well, no, no. I, I, it's it's not just you because I think the the creepy <laughs> part is the part where it's and then she even describes it. Right. She like really gets into it. And I think that they could have like gotten everything that they wanted to achieve um, with her character and kind of setting her up with kind of without number one, the the, the zooming in on, on the two teenagers kissing where it's not even really a kiss. And then she goes into the description of like, it wasn't really a kiss. It was just a touch of his lip on my lip or whatever. And it was kind of like, okay. At the end, too, when they do the little closing yeah, of their they, montage, yeah, they came back there's to a it. picture of her in a bikini. And, like, he's looking at her, and I'm like, that's a lot of sexualizing of children. So you're right, Jimbo. That did indeed happen, and it was indeed pretty creepertastic. Actually, yeah, that, that would be one of my low points. I guess I had just blocked it from my mind. Um, but thank you for bringing that back to my consciousness. Yeah. Although yeah, maybe I sure. shouldn't thank you for that, but anyways. Yeah, you know, it happened. <laughs> Oh, good low points, Jimbo. You you are certainly correct. There is there is some porno music, you know, juxtaposed with some children. Shame on you, Fox. That's not that's not being the cool network. 
Okay, so let's so let's move on to our Crabman Award. Hey Earl. Hey Crabman. And for those new to the show, this is where we give an award to a character with a small role but gives way more than they take. Gentlemen, what what's in your uh crab nominees? This one was a little bit tough cuz like we have trouble with ensemble um shows, but I think my Crabman award is going to go to like not the creeper partner who is like grabbing butts, but the old partner who's kind of like, "Eh, what are you going to do?" Her first boss. Yeah, we've quite a few little me too conversations on this podcast and like you know, kudos 1993 or 1991, whenever this came out. Cause like, you know, they're kind of painting the picture of like what institutional sexism and misogyny looks like, you know, that guy was just like, eh, what are you going to do? You know, like you can sue him if you want, but like, it's cheaper for us to get rid of you. And that's probably based on a lot of actual real conversations. So he did a lot with just a little bit. Lulu. Looking up the name here. So, uh, Allie's roommate. For as little as she was in the show, she kind of popped in at some ideal moments, not not just to like forward the plot or whatever, but I think just kind of to offer that contrast to to Allie's insecurities, because um, there she is, like kind of like you know boosting Allie and kind of telling her to get over it. And I mean, to me, I think that that was important, not just because hey, it's like come on, Allie, snap out of it, but it kind of further highlights the anxieties and insecurities of Ali, which I think was the whole point of this to kind of just kind of show like, you know, kind of how she has issues and things like that. Yes. You know, uh, Lulu, I, you know, I'd hate to poop all over you. You know, your first crab man nominee. I know, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I think Drew's going to agree that, that Renee was a little bit too much of a, you know, strong of a supporting character to get a nominee, but I like where uh, your head is. I definitely appreciated her character a lot. Drew, am, am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I feel like she was pretty prominent. I feel like if I had said those things, you would have been way the fuck meaner to me. <laughs> definitely, dude. I, I would have cut Drew off like right after like a couple, like like before he finished that sentence. I know. I would have been like, what about Renette? Shut up. I'd be like, oh, chip out. No, but actually, I'm I'm usually the uh, co-hoister that's trying to to nominate a character that's that has a more prominent role. So, all right, so I have to go to our dancing twins up in the club that always oh, had shit. the same moves. Oh shit! <laughs> totally forgot about them. Yeah, dude, those guys were I just crab were men, dude. Crab twins coming back again. Tell me what they add, Jimbo. I'm not they saying you're wrong. They added some humor. They added okay. humor. Okay. That's okay. that's more than I could say about almost the rest, the entire rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Not, oh, not even, not even the, not even the animations. I hated the animations. I don't even remember any. Ani- Her boobs got bigger. She was a tiny person oh, in a chair. She got smashed by a rock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, those. That was not like Muppets. I do remember the effects. the uh, the girl's head. You know the uh, the se- <laughs> the se- the secretary's hair blows up like it's a balloon. Yeah, that was a shitty effect. Uh, okay. Yeah. Special that could have been a low point if you hadn't brought up the child pornography. Definitely. Mm. So I'm saying the dancers, man. Those guys had some nice moves, and Allie and uh, Renee were digging it, you know, made their night. Yeah. Lulu thoughts. Well, considering I uh, my uh, my humble offering was dashed. Well, no, no, no. You, you took a bazooka to it, and I guess rightfully so. <laughs> So you're saying I have to pick between uh, Drew's and yours, Jimbo? Am I the tiebreaker? 
you are the tiebreaker, sir. Unless unless Drew is, you know, swung over to my side, which sometimes happens. I know I'm kind of close to swinging, but I want to hear Lulu's thoughts first. I don't know. You you know what, Jimbo? Your uh, what was literally thirty seconds that I that I flashed by and just kind of giggled through. I think you added a lot of depth. I feel like you like rewound to that moment several times. Um, <laughs> and you were able to just really uh, dissect that moment for what it was. And I, and I think you've easily won me over. Nice. You won me over too. Those, those, right. uh, those, those dancing twins are great crab men. And like their moves are synchronized. They were, they totally were. They were, eh, yep, yep. They were, they was hypnotic. And for our dedicated hoisters, I am on a hot streak right now. I'm, I'm like three in a row on Crabman. <laughs> and so by unanimous decision, dancing twins up in the club. <laughs> Make crab sounds. Thank you for joining us. Our guests don't always do that. <laughs> now, hoisters, we are going to move into our most valuable part of the pilot our mvp and this is it could be anything from the from the cast to some to a specific scene or even someone behind the scenes so jimbo i don't feel like you had very strong feelings or very positive feelings about this show so what was your mvp what did you find that was most valuable my mvp is richard fish and richard fish <laughs> is the somewhat dirtbag lawyer, somewhat, that, somewhat, somewhat. Dude, that guy's a dirtbag. <laughs> no, ass grabber is a dirtbag. Billings no, is a dirtbag. No, no, a complete no. He's not dirtbag. a complete dirtbag because you know what? He recorded the. the... No, 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 no. Billings Richard is the ass grabber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Billings is the ass grabber. Oh, that okay. guy's the complete dirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, guy's a complete creep. I feel like that guy's now, a criminal. That guy's a criminal. He's harassing people and assaulting people. Dirtbags are usually criminals as well. But anyways, I'll say somewhat dirtbag. Okay. Yeah, dude. But that guy, piles of money, and he just never, he you know, he doesn't let it, you know, he, he never lets it go. It's always about the piles of money. He does do the right thing with the, you know, with the video tape. His character, like, he's doing exactly what that character is supposed to do. Like, and... It, it was a strong performance, both actor and character. But I'm giving it to the uh, to the actual character, Richard Fish, is my MVP. Agreed and uh, seconded. Richard Fish was also my MVP. Nice. Uh, we were texting before this. I told you I knew who my MVP was. It was Richard Fish. He was funny and everything, and like that's what I was thinking too. Because I was like, who else could it be? I was like, that's my MVP. Uh, the scene where he picks his feet up in the bathroom. I was just like, oh yeah, nice. that was good. <laughs> Yeah, somewhat dirtbag. Yeah, everything you said was funny. It was great. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna buck the trend here. Buck it. Um, so th- this could, this could throw this could blow up in my face again, but I'm actually gonna go with uh with Billy. Ooh. So and the reason is is without Billy we have no show, right? Otherwise we just have like this anxious person, but like everything just revolved around him, and to me, um. That made him, to me, that made him like MVP in the sense that um, while you did have you did have Richard Fish and his comedy, and trust me, I laughed just as hard as Drew did. Um, I felt like the show still would have been the show without those moments. Uh, whereas without the dynamic of Billy and Allie, um, you essentially have no show. So I guess my MVP is kind of hinged more towards the dynamic of how the show evolved. 
let's see how that goes. Lulu, I just kind of feel that Billy was a Dawson-style fuckboy. How do you feel? Yeah, man, you're not going to get any help from me, dude. (laughs) 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 I mean, I I don't disagree with your choices, but I mean, to me, it was just kind of like comic relief. I'll say this. With without Billy, you get a different show. Maybe one I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> they should have cast an actor with better hair, or they should not have talked about his hair as much as they did. They're like, what great bangs he has. What great hair he has. That guy had shitty hair. Obviously, the hair was in the script, and then they couldn't fill it. Uh, you, there's the delete key. The backspace key is very clearly labeled yeah. on the keyboard, as is whiteout, as are pens. Like, why would you keep bringing that shit up? His hair was garbage. And they should not have mentioned it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I do like Richard Fish, but I don't. You you don't have to change change your mind, man. It's your MVP. MVP. And granted, Drew Drew and I have been doing this twenty seven. This is twenty eight episodes now. You know, so you know we're kind of pilot critic experts here. (laughs) Put that on my resume. I know, right? It's on my resume. I don't know. I guess. I guess. I guess Billy's my MVP. Yeah. All right. That's fine. You don't have to change your mind, man. We're not. Argu- we, you know, we're not to the ar- arguing point yet. No. <laughs> In fact, I think we're ready to move on. Uh, a lot of Richard Fish love and some divisive uh, Billy shitty hair love. So uh, now for the moment before the moment that we've all been waiting for. This is a watch or rewatch. And Jimbo, do you want to surprise us here? You want to let us know what you think? Uh, no, I'm not watching this show, dude. You'd have to pay me well above minimum wage to watch this show. Did you notice that in the opening credits there were only pictures of Callista Flockhart slash Allie McBeal and they had other actors' names, but it was just her? No, he did it. Look at him. No, I didn't. Re-watch, rewatch that one single part. No, thank you. <laughs> well, of course, man. You literally just met her. I mean, they're not going to show the rest of the cast yet, I guess. Yeah, I, I thought the... I thought the opening was a bit strange just in from, you know, I, the, once the little kids started slow kissing, it just lost me. <laughs> so watch or rewatch. I it's on Hulu, man. I, on Hulu. I actually would I actually would. Uh, by the end of the episode, nice. okay. I, I got to be honest, I was I was I was hooked into that anxiety. You know, I, I guess I was in their demographic, um, emotional demographic, we'll call it. Um but I was just really interested in the fact of how is she going to overcome that dynamic of working with Billy and the fact that throughout the episode itself, she goes um, from just constantly falling apart around him, having that confrontation with, um, what was Georgia? Georgia? Georgia, thank you. Reasonable, reasonable Georgia. And actually learning from that because she took uh, what Georgia said and used it at the very end. Um, against Billy himself, you know, and she's like, I'm just, you know, just being honest. And um, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see how it goes. You know, give it a couple more episodes at least. Now, Lulu, I'm I'm not going to be an asshole about this, but I'm kind of a stickler for Drew watch is going to check back in with you. Because, Jimbo, yeah. um, how many episodes of uh, Married with Children you watched since we last talked? Besides the since pilot? Since we last talked, yeah. Zero. Yep. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Drew, have have you watched any Crown? Uh no, but I've had a few I've had a few conversations about it also. We recorded that one last week. 
We did not record that last week. Okay, t- 13 days ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know, but I'm I'm the smaller touché. I'm the smaller of the two exactly touche. But I am the smaller of the two hosts. So if I get my up tonight and and spite watch an episode, I'll text you. You also watch a lot more than I do as well. It's true. So Drew, Holland, dude, you 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 missed. Oh me? Did, are you gonna watch? Uh, yeah. H. No, I'm not gonna watch this. Um, I might yeah, I might on, see yeah. if YouTube has some best of Richard Fish. You know, I could watch a Richard Fish uh, mega matchup, mega mashup. But uh, fishisms. Yeah, I know. What if there's some? He even referenced himself making a fishism. That was great. <laughs> yeah, oh, like we're in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so cool. Also, he's like, <laughs> I actually had to turn the the captions on because I didn't know what word he said. I rewinded <laughs> it. I listened again. And I was like, "What the hell is that word? I've never heard that word before." And then I put the captions that I had to read, it and I was like, "Oh, it's a fishism." <laughs> I, I might watch a reboot that was completely from Richard Fish's point of view. I'd be down for that. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, like also when he's like, win ugly, no matter what. Hashtag lawyer. Fun fact, just j- just to break the show yeah. up a bit, they made a show called Allie. Do you guys remember this? No. I do not. Allie was a recut of Allie McBee. They took out all the lawyer and the court stuff. And it was just about Allie, and they added in some unused footage, and it was a sitcom. It was like a 20-minute show instead of 40 minutes, and it it didn't make a whole season. They they produced 13 episodes, and they only aired like 10, and it came on a different night. It might have what? been a knockoff station or something. Yeah. Really? Allie. That's, that's on the Patardar for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I you know, I'd be, I might watch the second episode. Yeah, you should watch that. <laughs> Anyways, fun fact, listeners. That's a new segment. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist? That is the question. Hella hoist, dude. This is a super strong hoist for me. Lulu. I want to see more, man. I don't want to hoist it up. Not blown up by its own bomb. That's a not hoist, sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm bucking the trend here. I'm bucking the trend here. No bow in full effect, no, dude. No, just raging, huh? Hey, you know, you... Forest of them. <laughs> rising up in the sky. <laughs> They're like the Easter Island men. <laughs> you know those statues? Guy's speechless. Guy's speechless, yeah. huh? All right. <laughs> well, he's just cracking jokes over here. But, um, I mean, honestly, the the more I walk away from this, the more honestly, I just I just want to know more. I just want to know more. Maybe, maybe, maybe I will ultimately regret this decision in my 60s. Uh, but right now, we'll still be relatively young and foolish and say not hoist. Nice. Drew? So I was walking close to the Ally McBeal door, and I was you know, I was feeling that door, trying to sense some petards, whether or not they were there, whether or not I was too close to be blown up. And Richard Fish stepped out of my Hulu app and pulled me backwards, and I was not blown up by the bomb. So this is a not hoist. Wow. Uh, dude, Richard Fish, just purely on Richard Fish. Like, yeah, those those child romance yes. scenes are pretty disturbing. But uh, no, I'm not going to hoist it. And Jimbo, you know, you and I have different definitions of hoisting. You know, if you don't want to finish the show, that's fine. This is my old school oh, really? definition, dude. This one, this one's a legit hoist, man. Super legit. Like I, but I, by all standards, I thought this was, you know, n- another spoiler for, foreshadowing. I thought this was almost Buffy territory. We'll talk. We'll talk. I don't think this is a yeah. super strong um pilot i do however feel like it does those things that a pilot should do i felt like we met all the characters i feel like we understand the premise if i wasn't horribly overworked and 
taking care of my kid a bunch. Uh, I would maybe think about watching if it were a different time in my life. But yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with Lulu. I I was intrigued about what's gonna happen next, mostly just because I was like Billy the fuck boy. Like I really want something bad to happen to him, and I just want to hear Richard Fish do some more stuff. So this is this is a pilot that does not blow itself up. That doesn't mean it's a great pilot, and we'll talk about it on Quest for the Best. But at the very least, of like to hoist or not hoist, I would say people should watch this and see if they like it. Well, let's announce this one by by split decision. This is a not hoisted pilot. Woo-hoo. Man, we're losing a lot of street cred on this one, dude. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> okay, so Jimbo, do we want to jump into the Q for the B right here? Oh, yeah. Okay, and yeah. for new listeners and Lulu. Our quest for the best is after we cast judgment on the pilots, we place them into the running list of pilots that Pilots and Petards has reviewed. So right now we have 27 pilots on that list and we are about to add Ali McBeal, hopefully somewhere near the bottom. I I do not doubt that that's going to happen. And just to give you guys some perspective, End of the Effing World is at number one. Go watch it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is at number 27. Skip Stay directly away. to the second season. Do not watch anything in the first season, especially the pilot, which was a two-parter, which I made Jimbo watch both. Yeah. Sorry, Jimbo. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we stopped doing that, but even though... <laughs> All right, uh, Jimbo, I'm looking at the list, and here's where my eye is falling. I think that Allie McBeal might be better than One Tree Hill. Like, the Firefly pilot was long and shitty and did a poor job of doing a lot of things. But I think that I might like the characters in the Firefly pilot more. Um, I I don't. And actually, you know, maybe One Tree Hill is more entertaining than Ally McBeal. I think it might be. Maybe Ally McBeal goes below One Tree Hill, above Wonderfalls. What do you think? Wonderfalls and Ally McBeal are kind of uh, oddly uh, similar. I like Wonderfalls better. I think to to be honest with you, before we started recording, I was. I was wondering inside my head if it was better than Seventh Heaven or not. I think it was better than Seventh Heaven. I'm not. I'm not positive it was, but I. But I could put it above Seventh Heaven. I. I. I could even put it above Alex Inc. But I think. I. I think I actually enjoyed Wonderfalls significantly more. I. I watched Wonderfalls twice, and it. And it suffered more on that second viewing. I hated Alex Inc. I. It would be hard for me to put. Okay, I can go above Alex Inc. Like Richard Fish is spinning in his like fictional grave wherever TV like characters go to die with you saying that it might be like Alex Inc. might be better. Come on. Don't forget about Ben. Ben. Well, do okay, Richard Fish versus Ben. Who would you watch a show of? Ben, dude, for sure. Ben I would, I would ben. watch a Richard Fish show. That's fine. Um, I can get down with that. Uh so then would you say below Wonderfalls above Alex Inc.? I could do that. All right. Well, it's it's a negotiation and it's a process. All right. So sliding in at number, I believe, 26 out of 28 or 25 out of 27. Nice try, Lulu. You almost you almost got the worst pilot ever, but uh, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. So Definitely. That's what it's all about. I still, I still think about your episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and just – that's that's kind of where this show blossoms, so it's kind of appropriate that it is at the bottom. So that that's really where I saw it's in it's in a, good honestly company. that's where I got hooked into the two of you. Like it's like I got to know Jimbo and Drew like never before, thanks to thanks to Buffy and the two part trailer or pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
I I hope you didn't actually watch both parts. No, no, no. I yeah, I, yeah, I okay. you did I vicariously through you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As they <laughs> as they say. As I felt your pain, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We watch the shows so you don't have to, listeners. <laughs> you're you're welcome, Lulu. You're right here. You're one of our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank cool. you. You spared me so much. Yeah. We don't have motherfucking Miss Mo here. So I'll go ahead and now announce our Stormy Daniels dangling threads. So here's my biggest dangling thread, which is it's part of the chronology of the show. So she's been out of law school for three years, which means she's like maybe 26, 27 ish. Um, You know, when she gets this job, uh, her ex is already married after they broke up in the first year of law school, which means that he's gotten married, I guess, within four or five years. That's reasonable. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, man, like my dangling thread is just relationships in your 20s because I feel like when you're in your 20s, those relationships seem so fucking intense. And Jimbo, you might be the person that said this to me, but someone told me that like all girlfriends hate their ex-boyfriends in their 20s because people just end up hating their exes. So I guess boyfriends end up hating their girlfriends too. Because now like I'm looking back at it and I'm like, this all seems very dramatic, you know, based on a college romance, you know, like She's like all up in her feelings. But the thing is, my the flip side of that is I have ex-girlfriends and we all actually had kind of intense Peace Corps ex-girlfriends. And I'm past that, you know, like I got married and I have a kid and I'm past that <laughs> shit. Lulu's making some some very nice, nice faces, yeah. you know, that we can't capture on on Mike. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, my thing is the flip side of that is I don't work with my ex. Like there's a lot of time and distance there. Uh, she blocked me on everything on like internet, so it's fine. Like I respected that, and I still do. Um, but yeah, like, what are your like views on this? Because it seems super intense. But is that just relationships in your twenties? Because now, like, my comment was we're all in our thirties now. I think you shortchanged Ali a bit. It wasn't just a college relationship. Like that was her. Like she's been in love with that boy since she was a little kid. And they were dating in high school and college. And she orientated her career to like meet his needs. So if we want to like if if we want to stay within, you know, the show, I mean, all those things I just told you, I think are completely bananas ridiculous. But that's what happened in their in their world. And then just to add to that, I mean, it's not only for her, then it's not just relationships in your 20s. It's 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 like her first true love. Right. Um, yes. it's, at, at least that's how it's being spun. So, you know, you you add to that, that it, the intensity of like, this is the first time you're exploring all these feelings. Uh, Drew and I, we talked about the fact that it seemed like, you know, uh, they were their first kisses, uh, their first loves, you know, virginity lost mutually. Um, we, we, we think, et cetera, et cetera. So just all of these very big points um in the development of someone's like understanding of relationships and sexuality and and intimacy and this dude has all of that for her yeah and like and like the relationship guru Cheryl Crow said the first cut is the deepest this is true this is true this is true there's some things you don't forget i think 3 years is is a bit much i know my first cut was pretty deep but I think after about a year, I was well well past it at least. I mean, not not like completely over. I feel like it was five years though. For them, it's at least a good three years. If not, yeah, no, you know what? You're probably right. It's maybe more like 
it's maybe two years more of like law five. school and then she'd been a lawyer for three years but keep going with your thing so yeah i think five years is a bit much and i think that's one of the things that hurt ali's character for me as, as a listener it's like come on girl five years you haven't got over this dude yet you haven't banged anyone else you haven't done like 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 really i mean but here's the thing though like sometimes depending on on the relationship like you know things are so intense like i mean some you know the first cut is the deepest right but you also got to think about where you get cut you know from a certain perspective if if that first cut is like literally right at the heart like right at the jugular like you need special attention like maybe <laughs> obviously this is being super judgy but maybe what Allie needs to do is you know just talk to a therapist like really process these feelings kind of seems like Allie doesn't really have the tools right now to process her feelings in a relationship and move on right and and maybe talking to a therapist would help her out right if, if we're really going to pretend like like hey what can we do for her like that that would be my thing you know because sometimes depending on what it is how long it lasted and and the details of things yeah okay you know you get over in a year or two years or, or maybe maybe that shit just like haunts you for the rest of your life and it's the kind of thing where hey i really need to i really need to talk to somebody let's face it like that like that's it's it can sound ridiculous especially in, in the context of this show but i think in real life like that's totally something that can and does happen yeah and listeners if you're still recovering from a breakup five years ago Take Lulu's advice. It's time to talk to someone about it. I, I, I would say if you're still, if you're really hurting from a two-year breakup, it's probably time to start looking for some options. Yeah, I like what Lulu was about to say, or what he did say, because I was afraid he was going to say, like, go get laid, or, like, go get a boyfriend or something. But, like, you're right. Like, she did not deal with her feelings in a very healthy way. She was either drinking or partying or suppressing them and then lying about them. So, yeah, like maybe the show probably would have been way more boring if Allie had a good therapist. Uh, Talkspace, if you're out there, that online, you know, getting connected with a therapist, we could we could sell your product, you know. So, yeah, mental health screens. Actually, now that I'm thinking about what you're saying, Lulu, like she does not deal with any of her feelings in a healthy way. No, and, and to me, I, I think maybe maybe that's part of the reason why I feel like I can connect with her because, I mean, I know – you know, and, and I'll be honest, like I, I've been I've I've been to therapy um, and the thing that I enjoyed about that experience was like and, and as the therapist told me that, you know, we, we we all we all walk around with a set of tools to deal with like, you know, emotional stress and and trauma and things like that. And some people, you know, by the virtue of who they are, they have maybe more tools than others or you know, are more skilled at using those tools and it's not that just because you don't have the tools means that you have to like suffer, you know, it's like, Hey, like there are people who, who study and, 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 and are educated and trained to help you learn new tools so that, you know, the things that, that bog you down, you can get over them. Right. And, and that's kind of how I see it. Right. And, and yeah, she just does not have, I mean, she's doing all the typical things um, that you just expect Right. And, and, and maybe that's where it's a little stereotypical um, around around women, like kind of like the way that they, they make her sort of react to things. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. So so maybe maybe, you know, in hindsight, that could be a criticism. But obviously, you know, who knows where they would want to take the show at this point. Right. If we just look at just the pilot. I don't have the same experience as you, uh, Lulu, but but I found 
like talking with someone's great, even if they're not a paid professional, like, like, um, even just finding someone that you can kind of be open and honest with is extremely helpful. So that's always a good thing to remember if you find yourself in a alley situation. And, and to kind of go back to the original comment about relations in their twenties versus thirties, I often wonder that, that being older, I mean, let's face it, being older, you just kind of like, there's like things that you're just like, I really don't give a shit about that anymore. Yeah, man. You don't have the time and energy. Yeah. You don't have the time. You don't have the energy. Like you kind of, I mean, you're not, you're not over the hill, but I mean, you kind of, you kind you're of. You're damn close, man. You're, you're, <laughs> you're feeling the hill. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, you're right, oh. about to fall off any second now. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. You're you're sensing it. You're sensing yeah. it. You're right. You know. You're, you 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 understand. Like maybe maybe you're he's seeing the shadows, right? That imply that other side of the hill, right? Mm-hmm. And so obviously it makes you more mindful of like, well, you know, if I only got the, you know, you you start become mindful of time. Like you're like, what did I do today? Instead of just like whatever. Young hoisters, if you want to try and get some wisdom from us, take this away, dude. When you when you are older. You're going to look back at yourself today and you're going to think how much of a dumbass you were and you're going to be so astonished. So if you can if you can somehow see how much you're not going to care about what's going on right now, the sooner the better, man. It'll make your life a lot easier. You hear that comic lover, one, two, three, four, imbibe that. A couple of my students listen to this show. <laughs> well, actually worse than that, right? Because kind of for us, you know, Talking about, you know, stupid or whatever in your 20s, the problem now is that there's probably tons of photographic and video evidence. Yeah. Uh, Internet for, doesn't for, forget. For, for, for future, right? So so for people who are going to live that transition into the future, they're going to have all those wonderful memories. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, but just to have that realization that in 10 years, it's not going to matter. You know, being cool today is not going to matter 10 years from now. And a lot of the other things that you think are the most important things in the world won't be 10 years from now. Uh, One thing I just want to throw in there, too, in terms of perspective, my dad says this cool thing about, like, the passage of time and age. In terms of, like, the age that you are, things might seem more epic when you're younger because your chunks of time are proportionally larger. Like, when you're four years old, like, every day – or when you're one year old, every day is, like, one 365th of your existence – Okay, when you're four years old, every year, uh, one year is 25% of your life. Yeah, exactly. And then when you're 60, one year is, you know, one sixtieth of your life. It's less than 2% of your life. Yeah, so, I mean, when he talks about that, it just kind of makes sense for me in terms of, like, why things seem huge when you're younger and why things seem a bit more mellow as you get older. That was one thing I brought up uh, uh, with my students when I was teaching, just the whole perspective of how of how time passes as you as you age. Yeah. Lulu is also a physics teacher. So he actually broke down, um, the percentage of what is that? The 60%, that's one sixtieth. Uh, well, so one day, uh-huh. um, for a four year old is essentially 0.0685% of their total, uh, lived lifespan, right? Lived yeah. life. So how about one day for a 60 year old? Get back to us on that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, we don't need those stats. Lily, we don't need those stats. You did it wrong, too. No, 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 no. no. Oh, wait, wait, you did it right. Never mind. I shouldn't say that. He knows how to do math, Drew. We know you don't. (laughs) I know. History teacher. (laughs) Is it scientific notation? Uh, You know, it was until I multiplied by 100, 
but one day for a 60 year old person uh would be 0. 0.00456 percent uh, oh, that's not bad i mean you go down a whole order of magnitude that's kind of a big deal yeah I, you know it's perspective man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i like how you're discounting math <laughs> I'm not words. discounting. Let me throw words at it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's a matter of perspective. No, it's it's numbers. It's a joke on the whole perspective. Well, time is relative. Time is relative. Sure is. Einstein said maybe that. not even may, maybe even a illusion. All right, that was a good dangle thread. You guys got anything else? Are are we gonna pass up on the me too? I mean, I brought it up during Crabman. Yeah, what what did you think of the uh, portrayal? I thought I felt like that, like those jokes did not hold up well. Like the whole like OCD, the guy was all of a sudden just he grabbed like every he like walked by like five or six women and grabbed every single one of their asses, and they all just like gave like a nonchalant look and just kind of rolled with it. Like, what'd you what'd you take away from that scene and that joke? Well, to me, I didn't think it was really funny. I didn't laugh at all on that one. I think I think it just and I mean the expression on the women's faces, I think it just kind of showed once again how especially in in that climate in that time um you know, some guy gets busted, makes up an excuse, essentially is double downing on it and you know, the women in the in the workplace just have to continue to deal with it even more. And and it's almost like I'm not surprised that they don't have a different um like visual reaction um, because it's just more of the same that they've had to deal with. Um, especially if, if we're assuming that all the women that we saw were women who are experienced in that kind of an environment working in a law office. Right. Um, and I I guess for Ali specifically, since she was, she was just starting, all these things were rather new to her, but it seemed like for everybody else, it was kind of like, like this is annoying, but here we are again, having to deal with it again. Um, and that's just like really sad. Like when you think about it, right? Like here, are the kind of like time and, 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 and I appreciated that like from the get go, they were willing to kind of just kind of put something kind of big out there in that way. Um, which if you think about it in the context of the, of when the show was made, maybe, you know, that would have been something more controversial quote unquote to have put immediately into a pilot, um, you know, on primetime television. So, I mean, to me, it, it was just like really sad and just, I mean, especially in the context of Me Too, just kind of reminded me like, hey, what, why we're here, you know, why that's happening. Yeah, I feel like they addressed the problem without confronting the issue, you know, like it was flippant. I was going to add that. Yeah, it was flippant, you know, and so I, you're right, that 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 whole scene and the way they interpreted that is very different today. And it should have been different back then, but yeah, like the way Lulu talks about people being resigned to that situation, like the the failed crab nominee did kind of illustrate what the atmosphere was, you know, which was um you know, like fake condemnation with silent um I don't want to say approval, but just like um non acknowledgement, you know, from the people who had the power. Cause Allie does the right thing. She goes and she she says what's happening. The guy like acknowledges that it's messed up and then he decides to do what's best for the company, not what's the right thing to do or the best thing to do for the victim. 
And then even in even within the show, they don't. She doesn't get justice in the show. I mean, yeah, it's implied, but like justice doesn't happen in the show. Instead, it's it's Allie walking down the street saying that she doesn't like being happy. Like like she's happy with with unhappiness. Well, I mean, I I can personally I can agree with that. I mean that that that's like a totally different argument about like happiness is a goal versus um, enjoying it as like a pit stop. Let's say on on your life experience right like what what are you focusing on being happy or having a meaningful life can i get back to my point though yeah get in there so uh, my point is though is she's not unhappy about being sexually harassed she's not unhappy about having to lose like leave her job she's not unhappy that this guy you know may or may not get punished she's unhappy because she can't be with the person she loves that you know it was like some guy from five years ago that's married now yeah, I also don't like – I mean, they don't frame it as assault. She, like, said that, like, it happened late one night when they were both at the law office. That'd be creepy and scary as fuck. Yeah, and he, like, was already, like, predator on her before that. Actually, one of the things that I wonder is if this show – if this pilot were to be released in this day and age, I wonder how that whole – how addressing essentially the same thing that that, that – I wonder if if they would have to uh, sort of reshoot that whole dynamic in a different way, like if if the way that they they I think so. Uh, because the other thing too that you think about it, um, I mean, she kind of they get him in the end, um, but I wonder what it means to have uh, Richard Fish kind of sort of get the glory because he sort of snuck in the videotape or not the videotape, but the the recording of the guy confessing, as opposed to having it end up some other way. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant by like she doesn't get justice. Like we don't know what what really happens. We just it's implied that like got him with some like trickery because the system won't allow him to be got. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely that was something that stuck in there. And again, like I didn't hoist the pilot, but it, there were enough issues like that for me to like just push it way down, you know. So I think it was entertaining, but yeah, that was definitely something that like watching it just stuck. You know, I bumped on it. Lulu was kind of getting into this idea about being happy with unhappiness. Now, now that that I think, if you want to get back to that, is is there a word for that? Is there a philosophy for like wanting to be unhappy? I actually tried a Google search and I couldn't find one. There are Confucian sayings that we've kind of appropriated into, um, you know, our Western world. Is there a word for it? No, but I mean, just the idea. Like, is there like, like, is there an ism? No, but it's more just the idea that like the journey is the reward. And like, that's kind of more. Yeah. That's almost, that's almost what she said. Yeah, right? that's, <laughs> but I mean, that is kind of like an more of an Eastern philosophy idea, you know, cause if you think about Confucianism as not exactly being like, it's not a religion, even though we sometimes in the West classify it as a religion, but it's like how we would interpret the way that Confucianism like, affects people in china and japan that is a philosophy that really deals with like the way you know and like thinking about life as water and that water doesn't like get really stuck on things but it kind of moves past it moves through it and so i think that's kind of what ali came to that she was like moving through this journey and instead of fighting it she was just kind of going with it and so i would have to look it up but i do believe there's a confucian saying that's pretty close to like it's it's a little bit close to that tolkien saying which is something like not all who wander are lost and so I think I liked that that was the note that it ended on. And I think that that really helped me push it and not hoist territory. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. Like the the way the show kind of ended, 
kind of give you gives you hope for Allie. And um, I think in that sense, it kind of brings a lot of the different things that she was dealing with in the episode kind of all together. Because, I mean, kind of without that moment, she just kind of ends up being um, this hot mess that kind of, you know, scored a couple wins, uh, a couple setbacks. But, you know, we're moving forward. But here we kind of sort of bring it all together. And I, and I think it's a, I think it's a I think it's kind of nice because once again, going back to the idea of like for me, just buying into you know, how real she is with her anxieties and, 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 and vulnerability. Um, just, you know, sort of finding that inner strength, so to speak, when she changes her perspective, right? You know, there's, I mean, maybe another, another, way, another way of thinking about that moment, it's about right, having the right attitude, you know, and it seems like throughout the entire episode, maybe her own personal attitude in terms of dealing with her own things uh, was, was not the right one for her. And it seems like she's transforming in those last moments. Um, and kind of growing from everything she had been through that week or day or whatever it was. Yeah, week. Uh, I misspoke before. I need to really change that. Um, I was actually talking about Taoism and Lao Tzu. I got confused. I, you know what? I was kind of yeah. thinking that. Sorry about that. Sorry, people. about The Tao Te yeah. Ching. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking that because I, I, was, uh, I referenced some, some Tao Te Ching quotes earlier today. Yeah, Confucianism is more about like duty. Yeah, and... you're right about duty and loyalty and fealty. Sorry about that. Sorry, listeners. That's okay. I just wasn't positive that that wasn't in Confucianism because I'm I, I don't really know Confucianism that well. Talking about um, happiness versus meaning is it makes me think of. Um, I mean, it makes me think of this one book that I read by. Uh, I don't know if you read the one by Viktor Frankl, like Man's Search for Meaning. I haven't yet. Uh, and, you know, that that one to me it was pretty powerful because it talks about how he develops this idea of logotherapy, which just kind of sum it up. And I highly recommend the book. You know, people people deal with suffering when that suffering um, is in some way meaningful to them. Um, and that doesn't necessarily solve their suffering. Like it's not like, hey, it goes away. But the fact that you have a reason uh, to bear it makes it bearable. And oftentimes we kind of give up um on ourselves or on life or on other people when we lose the meaning as to why we're suffering um which is kind of weird because you know you think the point of you think you would think the goal of 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 therapy is to is to get rid of suffering but hey you know sometimes you just kind of are hanging on to shit and there's just like no easy way of fixing it but if you're like hey this means something to me oh this represents like something meaningful and then all of a sudden you can just deal with it the rest of your life yeah, or to go back to some more East, in Buddhism, just kind of accepting that like life is suffering. Four noble truths, right? Four? Okay, cool. Yeah. I've been wrong this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we just got to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely. Just like Allie. Okay. Oh, nice one, Jimbo. That was a good dangling thread. I have a new aspect of the show that I'd like to play with. Surprise, Lulu. <laughs> Allie McBee. Pilot trivia. Okay. All right. And so, so you are going to be going against our hoister Drew. Okay. Who's undefeated Woo! at, at Petard's trivia champion. Reigning okay. champion. He's not yet champion. This, this is our, this Forever is our champion. first Petard's now, trivia. How is Drew yep. undefeated? If this is the first time. He's never, never been, been defeated. defeated. Well, neither have I. Neither have I. <laughs> but you're the challenger. Ooh. Well, well, well I got, I got brought two. into this. 
undefeated anybody yeah. <laughs> you're just like hey look here's a ring step into the ring there's some candy in the middle someone's hey, insecure like ali has stepped into the ring it's like what the oh. fuck yeah <laughs> do we have anyone here that's willing to face the undefeated drew Kumate. Been a Kumate. Fight, so how do you know Kumate. he's undefeated Kumate. all right so here's how it's gonna work where i'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question, and you guys, you guys will have to. Buzz. Um, you guys can beep in, <laughs> buzz in. All right. Some the questions may be anywhere from true or false to guess the closest answer to know the answer. All right. So okay? this is a this is a shit show. I got it. And I will. Yeah, it I, is. I, it is. And so the first one, the first one, the first one I'm gonna start off is gonna be a bit of an easy <laughs> one. All right. Question n- number one. There's gonna be five questions. And each one is worth one point. I'm hyper competitive. I mean, I mean, if if these questions are about what I just saw, I feel confident. No, they're not. God, they're, not. <laughs> they're trivia, Lulu. Well, come on. I know, like, okay. Anyways, okay. True or false? I read that the creator of the show based Ali on a woman he dated that he met after he was married. Mm. All right, Drew. False. That sounds false. That is false. I did not read that. <laughs> nice. There we go. It may or may not be true, listeners. Find out for yourself. But I, <laughs> I, I, it is false. I did not read that. <laughs> okay. And no one's googling that. But yeah. point, point for Drew. Yes. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Can, can can I offer? Since this is unprecedented, um, what about we both offer? Like a like like an option, or does it oh, have we to both be buzzing? answer, and then we could both possibly get a point. That's an interesting idea. Let's keep buzzing. No, let's keep buzzing. Yeah, let's let's keep buzzing. Okay. All right. Now this this one's going to be a bit of a long one. Okay. Multiple choice. Yes. Out of yeah, there'll be four. There'll be four choices. Okay. So on September eighth, nineteen ninety seven. This is a Monday night. Ally McBeal premiered on Fox at nine p.m. on CBS. Cybill, a repeat was on. Sybil and Sybil. Sybil. Okay, Sybil. That that is Sybil. <laughs> Wait, we didn't start over. I know one one is a one is a futuristic show about a cyborg who collects unpaid bills. <laughs> the other is a sitcom about a failed actress, but they are both awesome premises. Oh, you dicks. Okay, <laughs> let me start over. Well, the pilot for Ally McBeal premiered on Fox at 9 p.m. Now, at the same time at 9 p.m., I'm going to read the other three shows that were on primetime television. You need to tell me you're you're going to choose Ally McBeal's rank in the ratings between one and four. Okay. Oh, okay. So I only have to give a number. I don't have to give the other three spots. One to four. Okay. You have to give a number between one and four oh, for the placement cool. okay, of Ally okay. McBeal among the primetime ratings. Okay. All right. So list them. Okay. Okay, so on ABC, we have the pregame show, NFL Monday Night Showcase, and this is a new a new television show. On CBS, we have a repeat showing of Sybil, not Cy Bill, unfortunately. And on Fox, we have Ally McBeal, the premiere pilot. And then on NBC, we have a new movie, part of NBC's Monday Night Movies, called... Perfect body. Mm. Okay. Fourth. Uh, Lulu, would you like to put in a option? Drew owns the fourth, so you can choose one, second, or first, second, or third. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with first. 
All right, listeners. Um, unfortunately, Lulu, this is another point for Drew. <laughs> I was, well, you know, no, that's okay. It's okay. You're in a hole. Yeah, Allie, Allie McBill got beat out by by the repeat showing of Sybil. Oof. It was close. She Fox got... also has the lowest um, coverage in the United States. Uh... Um, CBS, NBC, and ABC are in a lot more yeah. homes. Drew someone had someone some, has insider information. Drew had some insider information on that one. Okay. Up until recently, there were actually like syndicated um, stations that would show old repeats of things instead of carrying Fox, and that was that was up until like the two thousands. So sometimes Fox just wasn't even on in like certain markets. Wow. Okay. Question Trivia. number three. Now, Drew, are you willing to give? Lulu, a sympathy, just and he gets the first shot at this no, one. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Let's, let's 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 play it out. Let's play it out. A teacher once asked me to throw an eating contest against a child because they said it was at a festival about the children. I won the eating contest, and that child would not have respected me had I thrown that competition. Lulu, I I want your respect. That's open for <laughs> debate. Okay. Um. So well, I mean, considering how in, uh, important this quiz is to my yes. Uh, I don't know what, but continue. And and hoisters, we are going to finish this the this trivia tonight. Good. Okay, so in the elevator scene towards the end of the pilot episode, Richard not only coins the phrase fishism, but he uses a real word, avuncular. What is the definition of avuncular? <laughs> mm. Drew and use context clues and assume it means outspoken. Or sharing your opinions, or opinionated. Or uh, Lulu, do you do you have a guess? Um, is it possible? Uh, you're not going to be able to, are you? Um, you want to phone a friend? <laughs> no, yeah, I, just want to, like? I just want to hear it. Um, avuncular. I've heard this word. Has a has Would a you m- like me to spell it for you? Yeah, actually, please. Okay, A V U N. C U L A R. Country of origin. Holy shit! I'm not sure. Ah, I'll, I'll find it out. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> All right. It's la- It's Latin based. Latin okay. based. Right. Ooh. Oh, Latin I, based. I can't give you too much. Okay. Um. It has Latin origins. This this should give Lulu a significant advantage over the monolinguist Drew. Fala Portuguese. Um. Don't tell Vivian. um you know what i don't know okay wow that's probably the worst answer you could have given but uh drew is wrong at least should we subtract a point from him no no okay fine fine so um it's an adjective Uh and it is relating to an uncle oh that's interesting yeah okay I was trying to use context clues. That was not. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. I didn't actually give it in the context, but I, I guess I could have. No, Lulu said if it happened in the show, he just watched. He was prepared for it. Fine. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> fine. Okay, so, so, so Drew is up three zero. He he's already he's already won. No, this. no, no, two so, zero. Two zero. I didn't get that question right. Oh, that's true. Oh shit, we might have a tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah. Oh dang. Sorry, Lulu. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Now we're we we are going to go to some representation of the seven producers. How many of those? Now this is including co-producers, executive producers, producers. Okay, there's seven producers. 
Of those seven producers, how many of those producers are female? Mm. Go ahead, Drew. One. Lulu, do you have an answer before? I'm going to go with three. I I I would go lower. A lot lower. <laughs> Lulu, would you like Two. to change your answer? Zero. What? Lulu got it. It's zero. There is zero female producers. Are you kidding me? Zero That's not surprising. Are you surprised yet? after watching that show? Well, I'm not surprised. It's just you know, I live in I live in today where today that's just that's that's, just, that's too many damn male producers. Yeah. <laughs> the number of I was not surprised that the creator was a male. I was not surprised that the director was a male. I was surprised that all seven producers were male. A little bit. Just I mean just barely. I almost said one ish. I should have said zero. <laughs> All right, Lulu's back in the game. Next question. Lulu's back in the game. We have two one. I, I put your hand back up. You weren't even into it. <laughs> now you can. Just... <laughs> hands back. And, uh, hoisters. They have their hands up for some reason, even though they are buzzing. verbally buzzing, buzzing. in. <laughs> it's Drew's fault. He's the one who's okay. really getting into this. All right, the star. Of Ali McBeal, Callista Falkart, she has most recently acted in which hit? Well, uh, it's probably not a hit. In what television series? Eh. Mm, what are you about to say? Drew. Oh, well, go ahead, Drew. She was in Brothers and Sisters on NBC, but that wasn't a hit and that wasn't recent. But if I'm closer than Lulu, I want the point. Oh, okay. C- closest person wins, maybe? Yep. Uh, can you finish what you were going to say? Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> <laughs> she was a hit on on which superhero spinoff series? Uh, superhero spinoff. Uh, is it a... Uh, Shit, I have a better answer. Is it Supergirl? It is Supergirl. That's not yeah. a spinoff. It's an original property. You got that point anyway. All right, you need to think right, of a. Uh, nice. <laughs> I would have gotten that wrong. All right, Damn, you need to think okay. of a tiebreaker. So we have a tie now. I got to come up with a tiebreaker. All right. Um, Man, I actually got that last one. Good job. I don't know how you got that, dude. I was trying to give you a hint that would, besides just saying like something not something related to Superman. How's this spin? Well. She's I don't own, know. Dude. I was character. trying to give. I was trying to give Lulu a break here, man. I thought it was like CW's Legends of Tomorrow because that is a spinoff of The Flash. Ooh, that would have been a good guess. Okay, so. Made sense based on your description. This is this is some, where knowing too much with. can backfire. Yeah, yeah. This is where next next time I'll have to Buzz next time early. I'll have to have a sixth answer. Yeah, a tiebreaker just in case. Why don't you just do the ratings of the pilot and whoever like we can do it Price is Right style. We just I just did the ratings. You mean you, you said where it ranked? We can give actual numbers. Oh, as Price is Right style. Okay, okay. Price is Right style. Let's say viewers back on that September eighth. 9 p.m. 1997, how many viewers tuned in to watch the premiere of Ally McBeal? Is it in millions? And, we, and I, I'm, I'm accepting answers between zero and 100 in million. So an answer uh, rounded to, let's say, 0.1. So give, give your answer to the nearest tenth, a number between zero and 100 that you represents millions. a tenth of a person? A tenth of a number. Like ten point no, one million would be ten uh, million. Yes. Okay. One hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Lulu, why don't you go first? 
<laughs> you know, Drew, Drew, go, as as a, the hoister, go ahead and lead him. Okay. I'm going to go with 7.5 million people. All right, Lulu. Now, all you have to do is decide whether that number was too high or too low, and you can steal it. Yeah. Is, next time, we're going to flip a coin. Um... Yeah, get in there, dude. This this might be a hit, man. This might be a pretty awesome part of the show. Yeah, I'm enjoying myself, but I'm I'm fine with my number. Um, so he said seven point five. Could also seven point five. Seven point five. Yeah. So I would, if I was you, I would guess seven point six or seven point four. Okay, so I'm gonna. Go. What the actual fuck, Jimbo? <laughs> he said both options. I know, but you could have yeah. let Lulu get to that like <laughs> thing anyway. Like you could have guessed like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like point one. Um, no, I'm gonna go with uh, seven point four nine. Oh. I'm sorry, Lulu. That is incorrect. And Drew remains the undefeated <laughs> champion of Pitar trivia. Yeah. What was the number? Um, nine point nine. Interesting. So, so million viewers tuned in. All right. Damn. There you go. Well, I cared about it more than you did. I was almost gonna slip slip him in a little, you know, a little something, but I decided, you know what? It'd be nice if the hoister remains undefeated for you know for next week. All right, all right, all right. You know That was fun. That's a good that's a good He segment. is now undefeated after just beating one person. You can't <laughs> remain undefeated when you were never <laughs> tested in the first place. It's a thousand percent. I disagree, man. It's I disagree. But that's fine. Uh, you just keep drawing people into the center of the ring with whatever candy. All right. You ate the candy. It worked. No, I didn't. I, I had no choice. Lulu, just be happy you weren't blown out five to zero. Okay, you, you know you. <laughs> <sighs> just, you know what? Just, you know what? Just just be just be happy you made it to extra I mean, innings. Do, do, do I okay? look like I'm the kind of person who's gonna know these things? Like I know that's that's why Drew's gonna be a heavy favorite. I nice. know, I know. I mean, I I admire his thorough command of just like the like an incredible amount of knowledge. Like I cannot hold that much in my mind. Lulu, I'm pretty sure you're the smartest one of the three of us. One, <laughs> someone on this podcast is a rocket scientist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well you know was what? was a rocket scientist. You now don't we, stop being a rocket scientist. <laughs> I think if you're not practicing the art of of science rocketry, you know. I mean, if if I if I put together a little model rocket earlier this year, does that count? Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess technically it does. Yeah. Uh, if you're wearing socks that so, have the moon and an astronaut on them, does that count? <laughs> Hoisters. So our co-host Drew remains the undefeated champion with a rocket scientist on his hit list. Oh. Became. Okay. No, that's <laughs> totally fine. That's totally fine. You know, next time, next time, you know, if you want to know how to draw a free body diagram, you just, you just hit me up. Okay. Just hit me up. Nice. Sorry. Jimbo, sorry. I'm, I'm making a notch on my microphone stand. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There we man. go. There you know, we go. You know go. how he's doing that? You know what he's doing? He's applying a force. All right. Nice. You know what a force is? Which, right. which, which, force, which, which force is he applying? Uh, it's an applied force. Oh, nice. Yeah, look nice. at that. Look at that. Look at that knowledge. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, it wasn't you know petard physics, uh, you know applied applied science test, but uh, 
Okay, so let's. So I guess we're moving on to our petardar. Wait, was that all dangling threads? No, that was our new. Uh, that was our uh, new trivia segment, which I like, which is now my new favorite part of the show. Yeah, dude, that that <laughs> was good. Yeah, for now on, I'll have to have. I'll, I'll remember this six questions because the sixth one needs to be the tiebreaker. Just this is true. And, and and let me just say one thing, um, future co-hosts, uh, do your research, okay. Don't let them bamboozle you with these surprise quizzes. All right. Do the research. Look up the producers, the ratings. I would have asked that question had had you looked it up. You know, this has to be uh Yeah, he asked me a bunch of questions about things I already knew and I told him. Yeah, but you know what, co-host? You just gotta come in knowing all this stuff and you just lie. And then lie. Yes. Exactly. Lie. Yep. Yeah, I don't if, know anything. If you really want to win, lie. I don't know anything about the creator. <laughs> you know, I didn't look anything up. I mean, I don't know why my phone screen is on and has like yeah. the Wikipedia of the page. No, that's just yeah. it's just coincidental. Yeah, got a lot of space for notches. No, I looked up the word vernacular after you said or after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's what I should have done. My phone's right yeah. here. Yeah, I thought. For, yeah, okay. Duly noted. Yeah. Now the honorable undefeated Cyclops of the show, Drew, will not. You know, will not perform. At, you know, at such um, levels. So yeah, Jimbo, what's in your petardar? You know, I'm going to, um, this is a podcast that I've only listened to one episode, but it's called That's Deep Bro, and it's by the comedian Christina Pazinski. And I, so I only listened to the one episode so far, but I really like it. She's, she's a comedian that's interested in philosophy and she just kind of talks and, uh, I think I think that this would be a cool show for a character like Ali McBeal to listen to. So that's my petardar. Uh, when I said that I knew who the writer and the producer was, it's because this is a dude named David E. Kelly. He's kind of famous for writing, um, you know, primetime soap operas that revolve around law and people banging and whatnot. And um, he kind of always has this hyper surreal sense of reality in his shows like Chicago Hope and Ally McBeal, The Practice. But the one I really like is a show I watched when I was way too young for it. It's called Picket Fences. And it's like about a very small town where just continuous weird shit happens where hyper dramatics have to happen. And um, I really like it. And it's kind of like it came before Ally McBeal. And that that would be an interesting pilot for us to watch on uh, Lulu's Return. So uh, Lulu, what's on what's on the old petardar for you? Um, well, I don't know if it's been suggested, um, cause it doesn't mean, matter. Okay. Um, in terms of a show, uh, Frankie and, and Grace, I don't know if you, Grace and Frankie, Grace and Frankie. There we go. Got them backwards. I've been watching that show. Um, and I consider that a recommendation. Another one that I want to get into more is uh, one Mississippi, um, created and, uh, starring, uh, Tig Notaro. I don't know if you've heard of her. And um, so, Jimbo, you got some plugs? Next week, Hoisters, we are going to be going into episode 29, and we're going to be looking at the pilot Better Call Sal from our thoughtful reviewer ZG888435. Hey, Zan. Our official closing music was an instrumental track by Entheos, and our intro music was mixed by jake drew you can follow us on twitter instagram you can join our facebook group and you can follow our blog so you can participate in the pre-recording discussion that's where you can talk about share your ideas and we might share those 
on air when we do our recording. So follow our blog and you can become petard famous. That's a, that's a good kind of famous. Send us some trivia questions. Yes. If you can't tell by the music, Hoisters, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a few more minutes. I love the trivia portion. That is really cool. Good job. Good idea, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, I obviously, I stole that from another podcast, but... <laughs> it's cool. We've stolen other things from other yeah. podcasts. Yeah. it's it's. I would argue... It's not stealing because I'm sure they stole it from some other Jeopardy. podcast. I mean, or it's just a TV it's just show. Or, it goes, you know, just, yeah. You're just, you're just stealing. I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You take what someone else made and you put petard on it and it's yours. <laughs> well, you know, you want to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Petard trivia. Petard trivia. Done. Don't get blown yeah. up. And I may have been the first person to use that style of true and false question which drew totally totally was on (laughs) i was like "Ah, i gotta make a decision man i mean that's the thing it's a competition (laughs) so i'm like you know get in there i actually i actually thought that that you caught on to the i read today no i i wasn't (laughs) gonna get that technical about it but i was just like that sounds like bullshit you know next next week um i'm i'm gonna keep that and I'm going to let our guest or Mo answer that question first. Okay, so you so you just give it to them and they'll and you know they can get the ball rolling. What the fuck? I'm going to I'm going to phrase the same the same style question and you know you can give it to them as a as the first answer. No, it's not a competition works. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> then it's cheating if you already know the answer, man. Wait, what? So about this lying. show? Are they we have gonna a fifty percent chance. Yeah, they have a fifty percent chance too. No, but I'm, I'm going to do the same style of question. Fine. I mean, why don't you actually read something and then, like, if you you could actually have a fact? Oh, come on, man, that's not as fun. <laughs> no, change up the questions, dude. I mean, I personally enjoyed the question that related to the actual watching of the show, even though I... Which one, Vinocular? Yeah. that one, but... Pretty sure it's a Vinocular, <laughs> but, um... Uh, eh, it's, I don't know, I mean, I think it was a nice mix. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a Vinocular. Yeah. No, but the ratings one was good. Yeah, the ratings one was fine. Yeah, that one, that one was... Because that one you can just, like, kind of guess. And we had, like, some feedback because we already knew it was forced. Um... On the yeah. ratings that night. And the and the producer yeah, one those, producer those, one was alright. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know Jack about this show. No, but I think by watching the show, I yeah. think you should have a good idea of whether there was females involved. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I mean it's very I obvious like, females. I kinda like the fact that involved. like you know the the I want, so I mean I'm happy for it. But the trivia que- I mean I lost yeah. two of them, but the <laughs> trivia questions seem to be a nice blend of Things you would know, things you could kind of infer, and then things you just don't know the answer to, so you can guess. Well, you well, know? here's the thing. Maybe, maybe, and you somehow got Supergirl, dude. I don't know how in the world you got that. <laughs> well, I mean, you said superhero, and I was just like yeah, spinoff, yeah. and I was like, and she's a girl, so yeah. So that that was it. Um, and one thing you could do is maybe you could take like either themes or things that happen and see if you can connect them to other. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little more like more common knowledge events to see if people can kind of piece those things together means more work for you of course of course yeah I'm trying to keep this as, as easy as possible but just well, go I mean, straight to IMDB trivia does that exist? Yeah. 
it's a button on IMDb. Oh, wow. And that's where I that's where I was looking at the cast and whatnot. Oh, but it's just gonna be it's just gonna be random, is it, or is it for each show? Uh, unknown. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, cool. Cool, man. That was a good episode. Well, Lulu, man, I'm. Dude, this was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you joined us. You know what? I, I appreciate that. So talking about anxiety and security, um, you know, I teach, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm literally talking to this mic and I'm so nervous. You have no idea. Like, I'm like, I'm totally fucking oh, this wow. up. Oh, you did a good job, man. You <laughs> really? You're no, funny, dude. Wow. No. Yeah, Why yeah, yeah. That's funny. So, um, so I never felt that way recording with Drew. But but I was a guest on on my buddy from from the military has a podcast poop culture and they're and they're fairly popular like they've been on the top forty in in, in their genre on like iTunes before so I mean like they're like they're a legit podcast and and I was a guest on their podcast dude and I was super nervous the whole time so I know exactly the feeling. <laughs> Like I was surprised how nervous I was. Like I like you know I was like focusing on my words and I was like oh shit am I yeah you don't want to be like uh, I wasn't uh, sure like what uh, I was gonna say yeah I listened to that episode too. Um, you know you weren't your like super confident Jimbo self. Yeah, and then they they also chose a subject. They thought they were doing doing me a handout. They chose worst pilots ever, <laughs> and I just had no idea, dude. I was like on Google just like looking up the worst rated shows, and it was just you know not a strong topic for me either well and i I think part of it too is maybe you know with drew and then with with mo um you know you kind of you kind of feel a dynamic right like a a, like a flow right and for me like i was worried if i was going to interrupt the flow if i was going to add to it you know and and you know because it's like i'm also half the time like a deer in the headlights i'm like i'm the kind of person who like like trust me tomorrow i'll be like yo I yeah, Jimbo, like, can we, can we go back and, like, like I almost want to be, like, you can should we, try can editing. We you do this? not want to like, be the editor. Tomorrow and just oh. have this whole episode over again, and I'll, it'll be so much better. But, like, you know. I remember, like, usually one funny thing or one thing that sticks out to me from the episode. But, I mean, th- this comes out, like, seven days or, like, ten days later. So I like to listen to the show because it's kind of like an experience for me where like I'm in the moment and like we're kind of like on this like ride together and then when it's over like it's kind of hard to remember a specific thing so when I listen to an episode later like I laugh I like our show fuck those people who are like I can't listen to myself I like listening to us we're a good show yeah same here but dude imagine listening while you're editing it's brutal dude especially when you have to listen to yourself just fumbling with words you're trying to like cut out (laughs) the crap but keep enough not to ruin the whole conversation dude i like i like i sit here and edit and i'm telling and i just think in my head i'm like why the fuck didn't i say this like oh my god that's the perfect rebuttal to drew like what would you know like this this is what i should have said like god damn it dude if we ever talk about this again i'm gonna say this for sure uh it is my goal before the one year mark i want to edit a show and put it together yeah let's let's not you know let's let's not set our sights so broad man let's say but before episode 30 all right well not this one that ran an hour and 40 minutes yeah yeah fuck that it is is about that time huh well, truly, Lulu, this this was, awesome, man. This was fun. Thanks really a lot, cool. man. No, I'm glad to be a part of this, dude. I mean, I love listening to you all, as I mentioned earlier. You know, binged, listened, and um, it's just fun to hear you guys talk. So, 
going to hear yourself soon. All right, well, every day we hoistling Jimbo out. Oh, actually, Lulu, do you do you have, oh, yeah, do you Lulu, have any plugs, man? Plug? Do you have a do you have a handle, a link you want us to to you know? Can they can they find you on rocketscientist.com? <laughs> you know, do you have a profile or anything? Um, At Rocket Bro. Nah, nah. I mean, no, you're not going to share a Twitter handle or anything. That's that's get- you, you don't know, have to. I mean, I'm yeah, not. I'm yeah. not ready for that yet. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I have fine. those I mean, things, but you know. And once again, I, I admire the fact that you put yourself out there like that. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay low. Maybe, maybe if I come back. Um, yeah, you can set up that. You know, that new Lulu exactly, account. Exactly. Once again, I don't. I don't do good with change. Like being put on the spot. You know. That's why I fucked up that quiz so bad, you know. If you'd have told me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I, I could see it, dude. I knew. That's why I had to give you a little help, dude. I was like, <laughs> I'm like a deer in the headlights, dude. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and Hoisters, he really wanted to do well in it, too. That's, that, that was the worst part. He was there. He's ready. <laughs> I'm like, you pushing Thomas. Hey, man, you came back. I mean... Yeah, you came back, man. You made it interesting. Super girl. Made Drew, Super girl. You made Drew earn yeah. it. That's the one thing yep. I would Super girl. Yeah. She wasn't our brothers and sisters. I think our listeners are going to think that like we somehow colluded. And there was no collusion. Lulu got that. Lulu got that question, man. Yeah. He earned that one. I'm sitting next to him too. There's no phone out. <laughs> yeah. You know Drew there was there was some there was some collusion. There was some collusion with the producer question, which you which, which you may have caught. I think a lot of people caught that. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to wait wait don't tell me sometimes when it's like the multiple choice question and like and the oh, famous yeah, person yeah, is dude. not going to get all they, three they're like why don't you try again they always <laughs> yeah. give it to him yeah are you sure you want that question they're like yeah 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 are yeah. you sure you're, you're sure obvious, you want you that question listen to this on a weekly basis because when they ask you that it means you're fucking yes. wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice all right Hoisters, every day we hoistling. Jimbo every out. Every day we hoistling. Drew out. Every day we're hoistling. Lulu out.